0: This is Blockbuster Blockbuster. Film School. This is Blockbuster Film School. (laughs) Listen up, you handsome bastards. Here we go, because guess what? You are at Blockbuster Film School. The bell is ringing. They ring a bell at school to train you like a fucking dog to show up. And that is the idea of school. I am one of your teachers of Blockbuster Film School. I am Alex Bonner, joined by your much smarter, much handsomer Professor, Mr. Sweaty sweaty Pants. Sweaty sweaty Pants, a.k.a. Nicholas Souter. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you?
1: I'm good. Also, for tax purposes, I cannot be listed as a teacher even on a (laughs) podcast where it's a joke. That
0: is true. That is true. I can't be listed on any tax forms at all as I died in 1997. Uh, Prank call. Prank call. You've come to hear us talk about movies. That is why you're here. You're here to learn. You're here to learn from us wise, well-versed morons of the universe. Who spent many, many years at Blockbuster Video and Film School and other dumb places learning about pretend people on cinema. And I'll tell you, we have honestly one of my favorite. We're doing a genre this week. It's a genre that's very close to my heart. Spent a lot of time being kind of like sad boy. If you want to be a sad boy or a sad girl or somebody kind of like isolated or alienated... You just sort of pretend that you live in a dystopia. Can we
1: just go with sad person?
0: Oh, that's I suppose so. Yeah. Sad human.
1: Sad, sad human. Homo sapien.
0: Yes. Sad, um. <laughs> homo sapien sapien. That's what it is. I know me no science now. Me talk good. It's let's, also let's just stay in one department. One lane, yeah, for sure. I hear you. So it is dystopian movies. Ooh. Spoiler alert, we already live in a dystopia, but these are sometimes more fun it's- versions.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a whole lot less fun than in, like, a couple years.
0: Mm-hmm. Although, we do have, like, holograms and can talk to each other through screens on little tablets in our hand, which in the 90s would have been a straight-up yeah. fucking sci-fi movie. We'll D- go into that. Dio's on tour right
1: now. And he's, <laughs> he's been dead for
0: years. Have you heard that new Smashing Pumpkins Is It's dope. I'm going to wear my T-shirt extra large. Well, we're going to go into it, but before we do... Hey, I have a question, Alex. Yeah, what's your question, Nick? Alas?
1: What? How... Our listeners, and maybe myself, because I didn't do any research in this episode, (laughs) supposed to know... (laughs) Sorry, 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 sorry. How are our listeners... Mm. mm, That's the cover. Yes. How are they going to know the difference between dystopian Mm. and post-apocalyptic? That's
0: true, as well as time travel sometimes and uh, interdimensional movies. That's a very good question. Let's have a little conversation about that. Yes. My argument, my dissertation that I wrote to get my doctorate at Harvard was that dystopian movies are about a dystopian society and that the dystopian society is the point. It is the thing that guides the movie. The society being fucked up and being the wrong thing is the defining characteristic of the movie. And there also has to be, I'll preface this as well, there has to be a society. So the big difference with this would be like post apocalyptic movies, like say Mad Max or Waterworld or some of the Planet of the Apes movies, some of the zombie movies. We'll get into that. But if the movie is that the society is currently collapsing because of the apocalypse or is fully collapsed, I would not call those dystopian movies. I would okay. call those apocalyptic or post apocalyptic movies, and they are their own genre. However, we'll get into this. One.
1: Where would you place the movie Death Becomes Her?
0: <laughs> where would you. <laughs> Is Romancing the Stone a dystopian movie? Because you have to make out with uh, Michael. Ian Black. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Douglas. What a fail. Michael Douglas. Yeah. One of the greatest scenes where you throw a giant brick of weed on a fire and then get super high because there's a bonfire of weed, and you're next to a skeleton. That movie's actually dope as fuck. It is. And I love Michael Douglas. I was just being a smartass. Is there a dystopian Michael Douglas movie? Hmm, that's interesting. We're going to get into some ones that are close, too. Things that are...
1: Some would say traffic, but that's our normal Exactly. See,
0: that's also the element. Things that are just about how fucked up society is... Things movies like, say, Saving Private Ryan is dystopian, but is not a dystopian movie. It is about how dystopian we've gotten as a culture, as a society before. But these are movies that are fictional dystopians. A lot of times to prove a point, right? So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit as we go through. But the dystopian future or side reality is trying to tell from an artistic cinematic viewpoint something about our current world. For instance, there's a little movie I like to call Demolition Man.
1: Right? Uh, we all like to call it that.
0: You send a maniac to catch a maniac, which uh, is also one line. of the laws of thermodynamics. I keep telling you we're not teaching science this week. Uh, listen, I've listened I am a scientist. Okay. I'm also your doctor. All right, Robert Poller. Personal care physician. Okay? That is true. And you need to start doing heroin. So we'll go into it. But Demolition Man, for instance, is one that's very close to my heart. It's maybe. The first movie that I ever recognized directly as being a dystopian movie, that the setting was what was critically important. I had seen other movies and we'll go into a big one where there's a big debate over it and we'll go through the history here in a little bit. But for me, Demolition Man was the first one that I ever saw that I was like, oh, shit, this is about the society and about how sort of a punctuated equilibrium in the society is the whole point of the story. So what was your first dystopian movie that you ever saw or recognized as being dystopian?
1: Uh, I definitely saw demolition man when it came out on HBO. Hell yes. But I think the one that registered the most with me would be Gattaca. Oh, hell yeah. Because I was like, Oh I'm definitely one of those people not getting on the spaceship <laughs> yeah, I think, that hit oh, really yeah, close to home. Yeah.
0: If, if they're getting rid of people with genetic flaws, <laughs> yeah. I'm way out.
1: Yeah. But also it's like, if Ethan Hawke can't make it, what chance do I have? Just because his heart doesn't work all the way. Yeah. What for the real. Crap?
0: Although apparently they were really into like women with really long fingers and like gigantor eyes. Like I love Uma, but like, yeah. She's half alien. I mean, we all know. This, Obviously. Right? Yeah. Obviously. I mean, that's science.
1: That's why her daughter in stranger things doesn't look like either one of them. That's she looks a like a weird God. alien. Oh
0: my God. Spoiler alert. We figured it out. And the podcast. <laughs> anyway. um, Can I go to sleep now? May I sleep? All right. So let's go through the history a little bit because it's all over the place. And we'll kind of talk about this a little bit too, of whether it is a dystopian movie or not. And I think everyone agrees the main consensus is that the first dystopian movie is Fritz Lang's Metropolis which the first one I will say there's a version of it from the 80s that Giorgio Moroder made that has a lot of cool music in it it's very 80s and synthy there's also a really cool uh, version that Criterion put out that has what they believe to be some of the original music that might have played with it
1: that's awesome it's
0: it's either one check them out it's Hilarious because at the time it was kind of regarded as a masterpiece technically, but panned as a story and very ironic because it came out in the Weimar Republic in Germany, part of the German expressionist stuff, which we'll do an episode about one of the more influential periods of cinema of all time is the first film that UNESCO Put on their World Heritage, like, movies list. It's gorgeous. It's it's gorgeous. The story is timely. It's incredibly important about corporations fucking over everybody and using you against yourself and turning everyone against each other. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. It also has some of the dopest, weirdest, like, girl robots. So you're like, why am I attracted to girl robots now? Why am I watching this on Pornhub? What's wrong with me? That's the kind of thing that Metropolis does to you. It gets inside of your head, and it lives there, Big surprise, like a lot of weird German art. But that's the first one. And it almost perfectly explains what I was saying about the dystopian movie, about that the point is the world. The characters are you and me. You are still humans, but you are in this weird world. And you automatically empathize and connect with those characters because you're in this weird world. And then the weird world becomes what's important. So that comes out. And then there's this thing that's like, World War Two, if it's a little thing, right? World War Two, it was like a six month stretch. It was like, right? a thing. It was like World yeah. War Two, Secret of the Ooze. And it came out. It was kind of a bomb. It was a fail. Not so good for a lot of people. No, but then big surprise. America kind of goes into a golden age after World War Two and the golden age of Hollywood. Some people might say it kind of begins in the 30s, but it definitely in the 40s for sure is there. There's interesting arguments. Um, super producer Brian Tepp's brought up maybe like The Wizard of Oz. Which is an interesting one, although that's kind of a fantasy movie, dream sequence, but it does involve a weird dystopian world in which you are a character who is there. You follow along. You are empathetic to Dorothy. You sort of are by proxy Dorothy.
1: Their leader is also just full of shit.
0: Yes, honestly.
1: Which, you know? Who would have thought that could happen? It's
0: literally like a fascist crazy person who has yeah. like a flying monkey army yeah. and a dipshit. Which, if there's any... It's basically like being in Italy at any point in time. (laughs) Or America right now. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bunch of of fascists with flying monkeys, or their opposition is a kindly-hearted lying moron who doesn't know what they're doing.
1: (laughs) This episode is depressing the fuck out of me right now.
0: (laughs) Dystopia is good. It is literally Greek. It translates almost perfectly. Dystopia means bad world. That's what it means. Utopia means good world. But it's fun because you live in the bad world when you're there. And we'll get into this, but... Louis B. Mayer and Fritz Lang kind of set the tone with Metropolis and Wizard of Oz as these things. But there isn't a big element because sci-fi in the forties and fifties becomes way more about aliens, creature features, creature features. And if there is anything that's big, it's a giant ant, exactly. The ant who said sex with your mom or the, I hope it's my (laughs) other guy moves into your neighborhood. (laughs) Really nightmare stuff for 1950s American white morons. And if there is anything that's global, it's more like a Mars attacks thing. It's more of an apocalyptic thing. It's more aliens coming and fucking getting nuts on everybody. And then you get into the sixties and the sixties starts to have more stuff. The sixties starts to have a bigger rise because also I would say technologically in terms of special effects, the sixties is where you start to have things like green screen really start to appear. Uh, you start to have, miniatures. Obviously there's always been Matt min- paintings, Matt paint. Like there'd always been those things, but only for like the super highest David O'Selznick Selznick fucking gone yeah. with the wind kind of shit. And now they're becoming cheaper and they can be in smaller sci-fi stuff. So people start doing things like Alphaville and uh, seconds seconds. And there's a movie called uh, Colossus, which is about a super. I am a supercomputer from the future. I love to have sex with fucking other computers. You guys need to get in board. This is up a- It's a weird movie. Smithers, you are so good at <laughs> turning me on. <laughs> Yes, it's an entire movie about hot robot sex, which is weird that nerds like that. Um, Anyway, putting yourself into a computer drive is still less intimidating than talking to a hot woman. Oh, absolutely. That's a whole separate side subject that like literally as a society, we're just slowly building towards sex robots because the dorks can't handle just having a conversation with a human woman. It's terrifying. Um, But in the meantime, in the 40s and 50s, you kind of have some of your best dystopian writing, right? And... Everyone probably thinks when you say dystopian, dystopian future, it's probably George Orwell. It's probably nineteen eighty four. It's still amazing. If you've never read nineteen eighty four, I know you're like, this is a movie podcast, but I don't like reading. I got hit in the head once when I was a kid and I can't read right all the way. Like I understand.
1: Okay, we haven't made enough episodes yet to just like
0: straight up insult the audience. Listen, I know, but I'm saying it's a really cool book. You will like it. George Orwell is one of my Get favorite. Get the book writings. on tape. Get the book on tape. Watch the movie. Watch the yeah. G4. But blockbuster Film School. Don't yeah. read. The movie is kind of weak sauce. The couple of movies they made. But Aldous Huxley makes Brave New World. A little later on, uh, Margaret Atwood would write Handmaid's Tale. So you have a lot of these dystopian future novels. Ray Bradbury writes uh, Fahrenheit 451. Fuck yeah. Just fuck yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch, but there's a lot of fuck yeah, dystopian stuff that happens in literature during the time that it's kind of not existing in movies.
1: When was Atlas Shrugged written? That was in the 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's
0: a real classic. That's a real classic. Uh, That's that movie about the lion that talks and the the hyenas are with the lion, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, There's the wardrobe with all the Turkish uh delight. uh And there's the warthog and the whatever Tamun is and they sing. I don't remember. Don't worry about it. Okay, great. Um, uh, <laughs> or as they say in Atlas Drug, a matata. <laughs> <laughs> or as John Favreau said when that movie came out, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. fine, it's fine. I'm still at Iron Man. I still run Marvel, it's fine. Um, so there is one that I have to bring up, which I am a huge, huge fan of. And if you've never seen it, it's the first one I'm gonna say. You have to watch this. Some of the effects are dopey and kitschy, but the music, the acting, the writing, even is still dope. In the craziest way. If you've never seen Logan's run, you need to watch um, Logan's run. It is about these future cops who are called Sandmen. who, when you turn 30, you, you get sacrificed. You get sacrificed. They don't call it that. And there's a little weird underground of people who are like, that's some bullshit. I need to get out of this. And, Michael York, who you probably remember more from Austin Powers <laughs> than anything else, is super dreamboat. There's so many fucking good actors and cool stuff going on in that movie. You mean he wasn't always old? He, it's true. It's crazy. True. And the Sandman outfits are so kind of choice. Yeah, they, no,
1: that movie is pretty badass.
0: Pretty fucking badass. Yeah. I love that movie. And it's crazy because, though, it would be a huge influence on a guy we have to talk about. Now, you may have heard of him. He is famous from Taco Bell collector cup fame. His name is George Lucas, and <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Jorge Lucas. Uh, yes, that's correct. He very clearly was super influenced by Logan's Run, and he made THX eleven thirty eight, which also was a movie. Like I gotta say, at one point before the corporate money took George Lucas, he was once an amazing director. He was THX eleven thirty eight, American Graffiti, and Star Wars: A New Horp. A new horp. A new horp. Me talk, <laughs> me talk. Pretty one day. Oh no! Oh god, that bee stung me! Oh, I'm dying! Like fucking goddamn Macaulay Culkin at the end of My Girl. Um, anyway, spoilers, spoilers. Jesus! Also, at the end, Macaulay Culkin is sacrificed to the satanic god at the end of My Girl. And fucking Dan Aykroyd has a career. So, THX 1138, another really killer fucking. Very did you cool. like THX? I
1: love that movie. You know what though? The last time I tried to watch it was with you, and we didn't realize we were watching the.
0: Oh, I didn't realize he fucking did that he, to that
1: too. Yes. Yes.
0: He made a special edition of what they were referring to. Stop. With lots of dumb CGI. With films. Like, uh, and then, like, a SWAT team of Lucasfilm guys come through the window and put black bags over our head and force us to like Crystal Skull. Never seen it. Man, don't worry. I'm missing nothing. You should be ashamed of yourself, Steven Spielberg, though. You still have some talent. Okay. All right. I don't know. We watched Bridges Spies together. Do you uh, really want to say that? You know, well we'll get into Ready Player One is also a dystopian movie. I didn't see and that. it's uh I kinda like the book, but the movie's kind of dopey, but it's still, like, Spielberg knows how to still fucking make a crazy, zany, big-budget action movie that's, like, banana pants. Like, anybody who says that movie's not banana pants is lying. That is some crazy shit. I think he kind of, like, basically got that, like, Bridge of Spies, like, secretly everyone was like, that movie's boring as shit. He's like, was you want so boring. boring. I'm going to put every character who's ever been on pop culture on a screen all at once. You want boring? Like, <laughs> calm down, Steven. He's got coke all over his face, just, like, fucking Al Pacino at the end of Scarface. <laughs> So that leads us in because I would make the argument that Star Wars, I do hope all of the Star Wars movies are a dystopian movie, dystopian universe, dystopian universe, big time. You have to live on a stupid fucking moisture farm with your dumb uncle and aunt and you got to buy like droids and shit at a yard sale from fucking Jawas. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Star Wars is a big hit. Some people like it.
1: I never heard of it until like two, two, two years recently, ago. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. It made a few dollars. Two, three bucks, two, three bucks. I know J.K. Rowling is maybe the most wealthy writer in the world, but the wealthiest artist in the world is still Jorge Lucas. Yeah. He is unstoppably wealthy. He literally could just like take a Joker in the Dark Knight Returns, like a billion dollars in cash and light it on fire and just be like, I've got another 60 of those clouds. Like, but it revitalizes the whole genre after that. People are like, I need weird sci fi that has busted up cars in it and fucked up universes and bad guys who are up to weird shit. And Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez. (laughs) Which I mean, Repo Man is there for sure. If you've never seen Repo Man, do yourself a favor. Get weird with it. You can test it out to see if a girlfriend is actually cool. She seems cool, but then you make her watch Repo Man and she's like, this movie's dope as fuck. You're like, that is the girlfriend for you. She's like, this movie. Or
1: that is the perfect. For you,
0: right? That is right. Yes, that you can show it to a weird boyfriend who sucks. Exactly, a weird non-binary
1: anything. If you show Repo Man to somebody and they don't immediately love Harry Dean Stanton, agreed, they're an evil person. Agreed.
0: Although I gotta say, don't tell them that it's Mighty Ducks 2 and then shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's Mighty Ducks 2, where they take on Iceland. How many
1: times did you do that? <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Oh, okay, I don't want to talk about it. Um, you know, we should just get into it now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because we're right now, we're in the golden age, 80s, 90s, 2000s, dystopia never going away, baby. Yeah. Making a couple of big budgets every year. All right, so so let's start with overrated, underrated. I'm going to start with an underrated one, which also is a bit weird. I'm a big fan of, there's a movie called Pleasantville, which I don't know if you've ever seen Pleasantville, but I watched it again recently. It still stands up. It's uh, Gary Ross. Who directed it, wrote it, who did some other dystopian movies like, oh, I don't know, this movie called The Hunger Games. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. And also he uh, did Seabiscuit. He's got that old school movie thing. He's got a little bit of that. I'm not going to go quite, you know, Frank Capra kind of thing. That's more of a Zemeckis thing to me. But he's got a touch. He's got an old touch. And Pleasantville, if you've never seen it, is really cool. It's a movie where, like, some kids from our world of grunge and being weird and sex enter the leave it to beaver black and white 1950s world and the world is fucked up. It's weird. And then they realize that like everybody's repressed and everybody's weird. And they teach everybody how to fuck. It's kind of like Flashdance, but with fucking
1: pleasantville is a great fucking movie. It really I'm is. I'm glad it's that's funny. on your list. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I thought I was going to hate it. Yeah. And then Me it too. was one of those things where I'm like, Oh man, I'm so into this. I might piss my pants. Cause
0: it was on encore. I couldn't pause it. I literally do you guys remember encore, right? It definitely was also one of those ones I think my stepmom fucking rented it from Blockbuster and was like, let's watch this is the movie thing. I was like, Pleasantville, this sucks. You're a moron. And then we watched it I was like, Uh, uh, sorry about that. That was a very funny and interesting movie. (laughs) All right, but I'll be be in my room fucking playing PlayStation 1.
1: The plot points where everyone's in black and white until Mm -hmm. they fucking Feel unrepressed and mm. Toby Maguire finally gets a punch a dude in the face. Yes. That was great. Yes.
0: I think it might have been also been kind of what gave Toby Maguire fucking the sort of career that he had. Because it was sort of at the beginning of that. And he was, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie called um, The Last General that has Toby Maguire in it. But sometimes Toby Maguire really has some fucking darkness in him. And it's. The re- Last General is a good German. Good German. That's what it is. I'm an idiot. The Last General is a movie that, uh, I don't know if that exists. Voice in it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I just got confused. The Good German, which is a Soderbergh movie with that's a black and white with him and Clooney and where he plays, Oh, hey, it's me, uh, you know, good old uh, Peter Parker kinda and uh but then when you Then he's him, Venom. Then he's he's literally like, I'll fucking kill you. Or maybe not Venom. But he's Who did
1: um Topher Grace play in the third one?
0: Venom, yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. never never saw it. Anyways, yeah. What's your what's rated one for you? First one I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. is The Rover. Oh, yeah. the uh that's that the movie. The Australian movie. Yes.
1: Directed by Misho, David Misho. Ah. It's written by him and Joel Egerton. Okay, he's made some pretty decent movies. He's okay, yeah. actor, yeah. I like him. But um, the Rover is sort of like a very realistic, low budget version of the Mad Max series, where it's Guy Pearce and Robert Pattinson. Does Red it pe- count as a dystopian movie? It is dystopian because it takes place after an economic crisis and it's just all these people who are just stuck in the society and everyone's just struggling to survive and and like build their lives back up from like basically nothing and there's this really awesome hunting scene young
0: ones a little bit kind of yeah okay
1: there's this really cool scene where the australian army is literally on a train protecting what water is left oh weird yeah it's super weird but basically our Pat is a criminal and he gets ditched by his brother and his cronies because they fucked up some crime thing. I don't remember the backstory, but um, it's sort of a bummer. Yeah, but him and guy Pierce get hooked up, and they go on this like road movie to find because they steal guy Pierce's car, and essentially right. what he needs to move on with his life is in the trunk of that car, and it's just like all these people, and they're just all stuck in this shit situation. You're
0: saying that's underrated.
1: I've been talking about it since it came out. I don't feel like anybody has really seen it. I want to go with underrated Slash underseen
0: Okay Yeah I I think if People that.
1: see it They'll like it It's just very
0: I throw young ones in that list too That's interesting All I right. like young ones I like young ones a lot too yeah. And um Really cool little Is Nicholas Holt in that Nicholas Holt and uh Shannon
1: right uh, Fanning L- L Dakota Fanning, Fanning.
0: Yeah the-
1: <laughs> Oh L Fanning You're yes, right You're yes. right Coda the- the- Fanning's on anything Unless it's on TNT <laughs>
0: I didn't want to say the superior fanning, but I mean, let's face it. It's a Uh, superior fanning.
1: Also not a jab at her or TNT. Okay.
0: So transition with that as well. Okay. So look, I like Neil Blomkamp. Okay. District nine is not underrated as a dystopian movie. It is kind of exactly rated correctly. And it was a breakthrough. It was an absolute mind-blowing, weird experience. I love that they just used all these weird South African actors that they knew. It was a huge metaphor on apartheid and still the mayhem that goes on in South Africa. It's a really cool fucking movie. It's a dystopian movie. But then Neil Blomkamp begins to make a bunch of other dystopian movies that are mediocre as shit. I'm sorry, Neil Blomkamp. Elysium. Elysium particularly I even have a soft spot For Chappie Because it's just bananas And it just yeah. has Diane got Wolverine Yeah and Diane Wood And it's just nuts And he's like I don't give a shit I'm, I'm gonna make Short circuit But it's gonna be Completely fucking insane I'm like alright That I Less racist also Yes well <laughs> Sorry Fisher Stevens It was the 80's <laughs> He has an Oscar now He doesn't yeah, give a shit He doesn't give a shit He was also the bad guy In Hackers Is Hackers dystopian? I don't know Hackers is the biggest Fantasy film we will Ever bring up <laughs> It is the most science fiction of all science fiction. Uh, So Elysium, I would toss to the overrated, although I think a lot of people kind of panned it, but it was big budget. I mean, it's his follow-up to District 9, and it has Matt Damon, and (laughs) it has Jodie Foster. Excuse me, I was not prepared for that. It's You know, he fucking knocked it out of the park with District 9 and created this huge across-the-board mega hit that no one was ready for. And then he followed it up with Elysium, which was the most by the numbers, cheese ball, what studios put out of sci fi dystopian stuff. Sigh. Sci- okay, so what's another? What's either one? You got to. Overrated, I'm going to go with Equilibrium. Hmm. That's that uh, movie about short tanks. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Starring and only starring uh, Werner Herzog.
0: Yeah, just sit to get a tank, and the bear. He's just hitting a microphone. The nature of man. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, it's a um, Christian Bale movie. It came okay. out like rates right after the matrix. Yes.
0: And um, which uh, we'll get into that. Cause the matrix is one of those movies. that's like Nirvana. It came out and was like a revitalization of the dystopian future movie. Uh, it blew the fucking doors off. And then much in the same way, nevermind comes out. And then every music executive is like, where is another Nirvana band? Give me another one. Are you another Nirvana band? They're like shaking fucking the guys from Pearl Jam. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Equilibrium
1: I don't know Like I'm gonna go overrated Just cause I saw it When I was younger yeah. And I thought I was pretty Decent Sure And then I rewatched it I was like Oh mm. Either this movie sucks Or I'm a schmuck <laughs> And I refuse to consider <laughs> myself A total schmuck uh, Maybe I, a putz
0: Yeah you're more of a putz you're, Thank you You're definitely not No adult. but
1: like The whole thing for this movie Was like Gun foo or some shit mm, They mm. got like the dude Who did some like Much better Japanese action movie And they brought him over here And made him right dumbed down as shit mm. it just it's not like that good and it looks like The Matrix if it was directed by the dudes who you know I'm gonna stop there cause this yeah. is leading to a Columbine joke <laughs>
0: All the, right, so those looked- Columbine douchebags ruin the fact that fucking long black jacket, long black shirts with guns is a cool look. Okay. Yeah. It's a cool sci-fi look. And those turds ruined it by being psychopaths. They are shitheads, and I don't believe in heaven or hell, but hopefully yeah. fuck it, they're being douchebags somewhere in the karmatic yes, reality. This is
1: a very strong stance for this podcast. Yeah. Well we are anti-Columbine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Columbine was a fail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Um, an overrated Okay Same thing Hopefully Suzanne Collins Is not mad at me Hopefully a bunch of people Are not mad at me But I thought the Hunger Games Was lame I'm sorry I, I've never fucking and, seen it Like it's The Running Man Which Maybe on the underrated In my opinion But it's like sheer 80s Wait is May. that Is that Schwarzenegger Or is that Hoffman Do you know who it is No you're right I have to yeah. I'm the Running Man I have to fight The I Governor always... of Minnesota Fuck <laughs> I two always, governors in that movie. Know, two governors. Two governors.
1: Yeah. There's two governors in Predator, too.
0: Yeah. The same ones. Yeah, this exact same ones. <laughs> I always confuse Running Man with Marathon Man. Right. Marathon Man is an awesome movie. It's amazing. It's an amazing movie, yeah. but not dystopian. Really yeah. cool. Also, the, the William Goldman books, there's three books that are about that whole thing, are amazing. William Goldman, a really underrated writer. But... Uh, Hunger Games came out it is a huge hit It's popcorn I'm not saying it's terrible I'm not saying it's like trash It's the running man With CGI And with Jennifer Lawrence Acting her ass off With fucking Woody from Cheers Acting his ass off His name's Woody by the way Yeah he's Woody from Cheers Yeah I know yeah, That's it's weird, weird. It's, weird. Yeah. it's weird It's weird It's meta All Yeah, right.
1: It's like how every Tony Danza character's name is Tony Weird It's not like he was a boxer For a while and he can't Get yeah, his yeah, name right Tony
0: Danza You know a lot of people Come up to ask me say, Who's the boss And I'm gonna say You know what it's definitely not me. <laughs> it's someone else. It's probably... You know who it is? It's fucking... What's her face? Aunt May. Fucking, so May. Yeah. Who looks fucking... She wasn't in... Who's
1: the boss? I don't give a shit. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> She's fucking banging as fuck still. It's crazy. Anyways... It's amazing how much of this Brian's cutting out, like, mentally right no, now. No, no! This is important. This is our fucking entire thing. No one's cutting anything. All of it stays in. All these hot takes. Okay, so also, something in dystopian. We have to go into this because... Basically, this could also half be called the Philip K. Dick podcast, because Philip K. Dick's stories all got turned into movies. And all of them are, for the vast majority, dystopians. That's what he wrote. That's
1: another person. He was a man. who was not having the time of his life.
0: No, but he's an amazing writer. And his sci-fi in the 70s changed the whole game and kind of changed Hollywood. Because you get in, and we'll get into this, like Blade Runner, Total Recall, Minority Report, Paycheck. Uh, Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. So a lot of stuff that's good, a lot of stuff that's bad. I would say overrated Minority Report. People like that a lot. I was like... So overrated. I saw I that in like, theaters.
1: Ah, it's okay. The entire yeah. movie is a chase scene.
0: Also, the sort of short novella that it's based on is really cool and really weird. And based around the idea that, like, if you have these weird psychics who already know, the cops are not really cops because the psychics just say what's going on. They're like, this is what happened. This is who did it. And then the cops just go get it. But then... It's like somebody hacks the psychics with drugs and it's really psychedelic and weird. And that's kind of what's in the movie, but then they turn it into a thing where Tom Cruise runs around and punches people and Colin Farrell's like, I'm the guy. And he's like, "No, You're not the guy. And they, they kiss. They should have kissed at the end. Brian, you got the Wi Fi, right? Can you no. pull that up right now? On YouTube? But Tom Cruise has to stand on a Apple box in order. To- <laughs> I'm assuming he just has like, Another child holding him up. He's like three. He's like second in command of Scientology. He has like people who just lift him up. That's their whole job. Okay, so that's another one that I would say is definitely overrated. What else you got on your overrated underrated list?
1: I don't know if mm. this is underrated, but I feel like an- oh, you know what I'm going to keep with the Philip K. Dick thing. Yeah, A Scanner Darkly. Hell, very yeah.
0: underrated. Yeah, I think it should be like Criterion. I think it should be like blue-ed. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the closest, in my opinion, to the actual Philip K. Dick writing. Yes, it kind of in my. It was mind, one
1: of the only few scripts that his family approved.
0: Yeah, it revitalized the careers of a few people, particularly yeah. I think Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, uh, I yeah. think
1: after that movie, John Wick, yeah, became a much better uh, Keanu. Jesus,
0: yeah, does Keanu ever made any other movies? You make any other movies that were successful? I don't, I don't know. think so. No, that's where yeah. You know but also, this
1: was like a few years after all those Matrix fiascos. <laughs> It
0: <laughs> didn't make any money for anybody. No, but I mean, come on. I like two and three. I'm sorry. I think uh, I have a soft spot for the original from my cold dead hands. You blew it up. You goddamn apes. Fucking planet of the apes. Charlton Heston is, I would say, preposterous all the time in his acting. But somehow it's interesting to watch because you're like, who let grandpa in? And <laughs> why I, is grandpa
1: in this movie? That's on my overrated list.
0: Yeah, well, it's definitely overrated, but it's definitely, like, I defy you to watch the original Charlton Heston one and not have a good time. I've not had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) He makes out with a monkey lady. I'm just saying. Hey, I I like women who don't shave either. I'm just saying. She's, like, a legit, like, future sentient ape woman. Like, it's not not a weird
1: thing. I hope this winds up as, like, a fucking pull phrase for this podcast. (laughs) Oh, boy. The only movie I like Charlton Heston in was In the Mouth of Madness.
0: No uh, fucking uh, Orson Welles, Touch of Evil. The only movies (laughs) I
1: like Charlton Heston in were Touch of Evil, In the Mouth of Madness, and True Lies. True.
0: Yeah, Oh yeah He's definitely one of those actors I never agreed with Like politically or anything And I always was like Look at this asshole But still, he's Don't think he's that good Yeah he's not that good He's definitely one of those guys though. But he just has like a weird Kind of like a little bit Of a charm to him That's it That's what he's got yeah. He's got a little bit of a uh, It's me pal And I'm here And uh, I'm kind of a Santeed Skellion man And uh, you're an ape
1: Like you know That is a <laughs> terrific Jack Palance impression <laughs> That's By just, the way yeah. Get your
0: goddamn hands off me You damn dirty ape I mean I wake
1: up every morning And have six highballs and then do 31 arm pushups.
0: There's a movie called Omega Man which is an apocalyptic movie which you know goes yeah. into I am legend but there's a part where the like zombies show up but they're not quite zombies they're like mutants and they're like it's him the human man and he's like if you want some you come get some and he like takes up a shit <laughs> just starts shooting them yeah. and as a kid I was like holy shit it's bonkers this is way more intense than I thought it would be. I have a VHS of that somewhere in this apartment. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, finds, like, a woman, and he's like, you're a woman, and I'm a man. Yeah. And now I'm a breed. It's so, it's so intense and bizarre. Yeah, so, uh, are they underrated? I mean, obviously, okay, so I'm going to, all they are us out. We're talking about the Wachowskis. I like Cloud Atlas. There, fuck you. I don't care. I like Cloud Atlas. I think it's great. I think it's insane. I think the Wachowskis take big, big swings. They miss a lot. Not a lot, but Speed Racer, uh, you either like it or you don't. I have a soft spot for it, but it's not. I get it. I get why you don't like it. Jupiter Ascending is unassailably dumb. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, I mean. Atrocious. Ma- Magic Mike is a roller skating werewolf from outer space. It's not even a werewolf. And no,
1: it's even dumber He's than that. He's just a dog person. It's a, oh,
0: my God. And Eddie Redmayne is just doing his Eddie Redmayne. I talk low. Stephen Hawking shall <laughs> rule you all. Oh, uh, we'll get into that. The fact that Eddie Redman got that best actor over fucking Batman. I'm never talking about that. I'm just going scur-
1: to. No, we are never having the discussion.
0: No, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton is one of my personal heroes, and Birdman is amazing. Yes, it literally gave Inaruto fucking like two more Oscars yeah. after that for Best Director because of how dope fucking Birdman is. I have
1: three Michael Keaton tattoos on my thighs. Yeah, and absolutely. The only people have ever right. seen them are the two of right. you. And one right is, now as I'm taking off my pants, one is
0: the first clone from Multiplicity, and the other one is the fourth clone from Multiplicity. Yes, we eat a dolphin. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's about the duality of man. Yes, that's it's very good. Yeah. Anyway, so. You know what, like, I would say, though, on Dystopian, maybe because it's, like, one of my favorite genres, I don't have too many overrated, because it's also one of those ones yeah. where, like, if it didn't work, it didn't work, it fell apart, nobody wanted to see it, and it is well-known as sucking, you yeah. know, and people are just like, that movie with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson that Michael Bay made, The Island, there it came to me, is dumb. Super dumb. It's dumb, and I love... I love Scar Joe. I love fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. I fucking kind of have a soft spot for Michael Bay if he's really trying. And that Pain movie. And gain, baby. Bad Boys is dope. Armageddon has its moments. I mean, I'm just saying like, yeah. but Michael Bay episode would be interesting. I have um, one more underrated I want to point mm, out. Do it, get, it. Okay. I got like one or two more.
1: I got a few more. This is one I want to point out, mm-hmm. which is very on the line because mm-hmm. it is our society Came out like a couple of years before the year it took place in. Okay. But it was not in the same society. Technology was further advanced Ooh. and people were selling each other memories that they were recording. And is the Catherine Bigelow film, Strange Days.
0: Ooh, no, see, that's definitely a dystopian. That's dystopian as yeah, fuck. Sure. I love that movie. Absolutely.
1: It is a little uh, trigger warning. If anyone's going to watch this, they haven't seen it. It's a little heavy on the rape.
0: Uh, but
1: <laughs> just Just a touch. Just a touch. Just don't watch, you know, the middle forty minutes of it. That's like
0: it's like if you bring up any of the like Cronenberg ones that are dystopia, like Existence. Yeah, Existence, Existence. I hope you're ready for uh, a lot of weird body dysmorphia and things coming out of stuff that looks like vaginas, but it's in like Jude Law's shoulder. You know, it's like whoa. Anyway,
1: yeah, but no, uh, Strange Days. It's Ralph Fiennes. It's fucking Tom Sizemore, Juliette Lewis, that one dude who's in all those movies with the real low voice. Can't remember his name. Uh, he's not in, he's not popular. Nobody gives a fuck. I always <laughs> confuse him and James Rebar, but I remember James Rebar's name. He was in Alien Resurrection. He yeah. was one of hold the guys. On, hold
0: on. I know. Uh, uh and Angela Bassett's in this film, and yeah, she's other, the fucking other amazing. guy who has that weird yes, voice. Yes, exactly. From Alien Resurrection, you can't yeah. use the Macho Man voice. Yeah. You never know his name. He's got the weird facial hair. Jean Genet uses him a lot. Exactly. He might yeah. be French. honestly.
1: I would not be French Canadian. Save way. Anyway. um, But Strange Days is a fucking really good movie. It's a dystopian. It's kind of a crime noir. uh, Yeah, absolutely. And Strange Days I would definitely check
0: out. Yeah. Had a great box at uh, Blockbuster.
1: And Ralph Fiennes is like so out of character in this. He's such a
0: sleazeball. Right. And he's so good at it. I know. Speaking of though, uh, French people, Luc Besson and the Fifth Element is also something that blew my mind as a child. Also truly something that was like I was like a teenager, I guess. I think that's I think. rated, though. What's that? I think that's perfectly I rated. I think it's perfectly rated. I just yeah. wanted to bring it up. Oh, yeah, like, no, I, hey. I don't know if it's going to be on my blockbuster wall. I don't know. If it it's probably be on, won't be on my wall. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because it's a it, great fucking movie. And it also, I'll give Luc Besson, because he was right at the height of being Luke Besson. His movies were dope, and he took... Blade Runner, he took a lot of the stuff. It's a dystopian movie, but he always had, like, when he was really, really good, had a sense of fun, you know? And it was like, it's dystopian, but it's crazy. It's like yeah. if comic books truly came to life, you know, it's this weird, like, what the shit is this? It has impeccable pacing. Absolutely. Like, bam, bam, bam,
1: bam, bam. Chris Tucker over. had a whole
0: career. I you know. know because... Chris
1: Tucker's never been as good again. No, he, like, stole
0: the movie. Yeah, and it's like then... his fucking punch-drunk love.
1: hmm
0: also, a great little period for uh, fucking John McClane there. He yeah. really, like, was just knocking out. He still it out gave of, a shit. It le- might be the last movie he gave a shit in fully. Yeah, there's some uh, fucking Six Sense is right around. You know, it's like he's, like, right at... There's, like, 80s fucking John McClane, and then there's, like, late 90s John McClane, and it's, like, Pulp Fiction, Fifth Element, Sixth Sense, you know, just, like, Twelve Monkeys, you know, just literally, like, really crushalizing as Bruce Willis, you know, and really... Doing weird stuff, doing sci fi, doing dystopia, yeah. doing horror. There
1: was a there was a great article about the fifth element, because it was a twenty year anniversary. I got to see at the music box at a midnight show on thirty five millimeter, which is amazing. But like they talked how like no one's allowed to make movies like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Where they spent a year doing pre production, mm-hmm. shot it for six months, and then did a year of post production. Yeah. They yeah. were given all the time in the world for that movie. Yeah,
0: because you hear those stories occasionally, though, where like all along the way, the studio was like, oh, this is dope. Yeah. The script was dope. And then they're watching the dailies. They're like, this is dope. And then they're showing them the fucking what they got on the fucking CGI. And they're like, this is dope. Like, you guys take your time. Get the money. Yeah. We know this is going to fucking rock. We know this is going to like blow um, the Brian De Palma documentary. We watched. Yeah, sometimes He's... it clicks. Exactly. Sometimes it's working and you just know it. And sometimes the studio is like totally behind you. And they are like, yeah, yeah, this is going to rock fucking. I have one more on my underrated list, which I don't know if this counts because I know we were talking about historical fiction, but I had to throw some Terry Gilliam in because I fucking love Terry Gilliam. There's so much Terry Gilliam. Obviously, we talked about 12 Monkeys a little bit, but the adventures of Baron von Munchausen, right? It's sort of history, but it's not exactly. It is, if you've never seen The Adventures of Baron von Munchausen, it's on the Criterion. It is amazing. It is complete pandemonium. Baron von Munchausen was a sort of legendary character in Germany and uh, Bavaria. And Terry Gilliam made one of the wildest movies that I, it blew my mind as a child. Like I watched it over and over again. I wore out the videotape of it. It has Robin Williams in it. Obviously he was in Monty Python. So it has all the Monty Python guys in it. I can't even go through how many great actors are in that and how much crazy shit is going on in that movie. But it's like a dystopia that sort of has elements of our time. I know it's weird. I know that I kind of breaks the rules that I brought that up because now that I think about it, maybe But it, you're,
1: like, you're putting on the underrated list, so it sort of counts. It's not yeah. on your wall.
0: Watch Baron of Munchausen, motherfuckers. No.
1: I have two more real fast, okay, underrated, it, both me. underrated.
0: And then we'll go into uh, our wall. Yeah. Dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. Not the one between America and Mexico. They're
0: not going to build that. Those fuckers are No, idiots. there's nothing left. Anyways,
1: yeah. one of these, I don't want to have to defend, so I'm just going to throw it in there real fast. Do it, baby. The Purge Anarchy. Okay, it's not a bad fucking movie.
0: The Purge movies are kind of they're kind of fun. Yeah, and they've got a they've yeah. got a structure. It's easy. Yeah, you know. It's, I
1: didn't see the first one. I didn't get through the third one. But mm-hmm. like, this is way fucking better yeah. than I thought. It's yeah. way better than it should be. It's like Friday. The it 3- doesn't deserve to be that. It's like it's, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six or Four. Yeah, where you're just like, oh shit, this is a real movie. Yeah, How right. did they do that?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Other one, last one, the Lobster. I was thinking
0: you might say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. I did find it funny. It's kind of hard to watch if you hate awkward comedy. I will that. That's my whole thing. I know you love it. I love it. I love I, it. okay. I, I, it's so painful to I've me sometimes. I mentioned
1: this before. Yeah. I forgot what I said. It was earlier in this podcast where I started watching and I almost pissed my pants. Literally, I went to Logan Theater. I knew it was the last scene. Yeah. I literally got up and like started like pacing in the aisle mm. so I could not avoid the end of the movie to go to the bathroom. But like, uh, if you haven't seen the lobster, basically if you get dumped or if you're a single person, you go to some weird, like hotel resort thing and you have 45 days to choose a mate or you get turned into an animal. Yeah. Colin Farrell's in it. William, um, William, John C. C. Riley, Rachel Vise. Yes. And one of the, one of the young women from, uh, blue is the warmest color. It's the one who can actually act and she's really uh, good in it.
0: It's, uh, uh, that
1: crazy asshole director yeah. who I fucking love. Yeah. Who just His movies are who, so good. Yeah.
0: And, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, I like the originality of his movies. I really do. I like I, everything about his films. I mean, he won best They're original so screenplay for The Lobster. I mean, he honestly he got nominated for best picture and best director for The Favorites. Yeah. Favorites is uh, a great movie. You know, I mean, his, his Killing stuff Killing of a
1: Sacred Deer yes. made me so uncomfortable watching that. I will say that, that I got, got up and chained seats just because I had to get up
0: and move. He's got kind of a Lynchian edge where it's like Lynchian, funny think, but also terrifying. And I think like,
1: Killing of a Sacred Deer is the Funniest Kubrick movie that Kubrick ever made.
0: <laughs> which also we didn't bring up fucking A Clockwork Orange, which fucking the droogs. Yeah. The, I'm not uh, a huge fan of that movie, to be honest with you. Obviously, I'm a huge Kubrick fan. I think he's the greatest filmmaker who ever lived, at least technically. Maybe not poetically, but definitely technically. You know what, though? You watch it again, and there's like, there's some shit that it's talking about right now. You know, like that... That movie is about Proud Boys. That movie is about fucking the scum, fuck, angry, teenage, 20-something pieces of shit who they're going to try to reprogram. It's like, it's, it's here. It's there. Yeah, it's real. And Kubrick knew it. He knew it. And yeah, it's uncomfortable to watch. It's so uncomfortable. But it's also do. dope to watch I sometimes. Know. Which is what the Kubrick thing, he like alternates between being horrifying. And also you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. I love watching this. Which is
1: very weird. <laughs> Because I've watched that movie twice, Mm. but I've seen Full Metal
0: Jacket 20 times. Absolutely. It just, everybody has their own. I've seen The Shining like a hundred times. Oh, I watch The Shining three times a year. I fall asleep to The Shining sometimes because I'm dead inside. Um, But yeah, 1971. Yeah, absolutely. It came out. And also of dystopian movies. Kubrick was the guy ahead of everyone's game. Kubrick created everyone's game. He did every damn thing. He's the most important filmmaker in the modern era, in my opinion.
1: It's him and uh, PZA. Yeah, easy.
0: Absolutely. Spielberg. I don't know. You're literally talking about like Mount Rushmore shit where you're like, just you're splitting hairs on your personal taste at that point. Okay, so let's do uh, our blockbuster wall. What's your five you put up on your blockbuster wall? Oh, we're doing wall? five? Or, oh, what? shit. How many do you want to put up? We'll do five. I think you get five on your blockbuster yeah. wall, baby.
1: Number five, Escape from Motherfucking New York. Escape. Boom, boom,
0: boom, boom. Boom, boom, You're the Duke boom, of New York. You're number boom, one. Um, why are we talking? Yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck you. Not a Escape from L.A.? <laughs> my number four is Escape from <laughs> no, no, no. Um, from New York is amazing. Tsunami all of these, Snake. All of, these, all of these, all the Blockbuster Wall. Watch them. Yeah. If you've never seen anything on the Blockbuster Wall, you need, yeah. these are the recommendations from your Blockbuster Film School. You need to watch them immediately. Yeah. You this are, was
1: right in the middle of... John Carpenter's Unbelievable run Of fantastic movies They went from Assault on Precinct 13 yeah. To Halloween dun,
0: dun, 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 Assault on Precinct 13 dun, 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 Halloween The Fog yeah. Escape from New York Really branched him out though Because everyone just had him As like a sort of Horror thriller yeah, guy he's Howard Hawks And he was like I been. can do something bigger yeah. I can do a crazier thing And I got this guy My guy Is Kurt Russell a great actor? Yes Is his hair even more impressive? Yes Yes he is amazing. His and feathered
1: hair and a great actor. The great number five greatest dystopian film of all time. His beard yes.
0: looked amazing yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two. Yeah. He's still Kurt Russell. Yeah. He is still unstoppable.
1: Yes. Uh, also, though, as Snake Plissken, he's unstoppable. But he's super stoppable and superhuman at the same time. Yes. There's literally a scene in Escape from New York where he just sits on a chair and goes,
0: fuck. Yes. Um, All right, well, I'll go in it because it goes well, because I will go with my number five, right? He starred in several fucking dystopian movies, but the one, the best one, you send a maniac to catch a maniac, fucking Demolition Man. If you've never seen Demolition Man, you need to. Yeah, It is Stallone. It, it stars is Stallone Dennis Leary. His- <laughs> it has Dennis Leary in it. It has Sandy fucking goddamn Speed herself, okay? Yeah. It has Wesley Snipes' as fucking Which Simon is your next Phoenix. Halloween costume. Honestly, I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to wear blackface, but I'm just going to wear fucking the blonde Mohawk and the future overalls and the orange shirt and fucking Simon Phoenix. It is one of the craziest things ever made. It is like some of the craziest 90s ass shit you're yeah. ever going to see.
1: Came out in what, 94? It takes yeah. place 30 years later. Yes.
0: Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh, Joel <laughs> Silver, all the weird shit. We'll do like a Joel Silver episode where we can go in yeah. all the fucking Joel Silveriness of it. It'll just be called cocaine. Where he literally was like, no, we got to set it like 30 years in the future so he can fuck his own daughter. Yeah, that's a good idea. And <laughs> like, Joel, what are you talking about? He's like, you don't get the money unless we have the incest thing. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. And. <laughs> it's the financiers were Italian. <laughs> so that's kind of how Joel Silver talks. My character, my Long Island character, is kind of Joel Silver. Sort of like, no, no, no. You gotta spray water all over the asphalt at night and that make it shine, look real nice. You know it what I'm fucking? You nice. know what I'm fucking talking about here? Yeah. So, Demolition Man is my five. What's your four? Dark City. Ooh, Alex Proyas. Back when he was good. Yeah. Uh, I know he's rich. A little Rufus Sewell.
1: <laughs> we got a little uh, William Hurt, mm-hmm. Jennifer Conley. Absolutely wild, um, wild movie. Yeah, so good. The first 45 minutes of that mm-hmm. movie, the music doesn't stop in the background. Yeah. You can set a metronome to that, and yeah. it just doesn't stop. Yes. Also, the dude who wrote Rocky Horror Picture Shows in this. Yes. So and much- plays one of the aliens. And
0: so spooky. And Kiefer Sutherland. God, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland steals the whole movie. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just such a- And then and you have to- right. And then this. And blah, blah, blah. Also, for our people who don't understand, in the 90s, there was this thing called being goth, right? It was like a real thing. Like, people were goth. Like, it's not like a thing now where you're just like, I'm beach goth because I wear shorts and a black T-shirt and everything is black, right? No. It was like a real thing. And Dark City and The Crow and Alex Proyas were like the goth movies. They came out and they were smash hits. They were the gothest movies that ever gothed. Um, Okay. So... (laughs) Um, mine. I'm just gonna go over four real quick because we already talked about it. Michael York and a lot of people are fucking dreamboats in fucking Logan's Run, and I highly recommend you see it. Uh, that's my four on my wall. What's your three? This is a controversial placement for this. Uh oh, Children of Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah love roll. Children
1: of Men, but it's a fucking heavy movie to watch. Yeah, it's a real quick watch. It's, yeah, it's brilliant, so good though. It's so good, but like that's the thing. It's still gorgeous. It still holds up. It's more poignant than ever. Clive Owen's amazing. Julianne Moore. Yeah. That tracking shot in the middle and the tracking uh, shot
0: at the end. What's his face from fucking Dirty Pretty Things? Fucking, I I'm know. not even going to attempt yeah, to say yeah, his I name. Know, I know, I'm but I love him. He's such a great up. actor. I, I know. I, 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 yeah. He's so good. And also, Michael K- Michael Kine. Alfonso Cuaron, really fucking- This like, is his masterpiece. This is kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, He made Ichumama Tambien, which is a fucking amazing movie. He made he, Roma, he, which he is was, amazing. Right. He made a lot of really dope movies, Gravity, but this is the this one- This is it. It this all comes it. together. Yeah. It all sort of- all it's, of the, It's a perfect film. The Alfonso Cuaron-ness of it yeah. all fits and works, and it hits. It's violent, but also poetic and paced and well-acted, and well-written. More than like the other
1: movies that I have already on this list- the human element of this is so you fucking care about these characters mm-hmm. so goddamn much mm-hmm. like him and Julianne Moore having the fight on the bus yeah. about like why their relationship ended after their kid died. Like it's,
0: it's, it's, real, it's really, it's really human real, drama real. and you fucking it's, care about that. Yeah, you get invested. Yeah. It's one of the craziest pieces of not only just dystopian, but sci-fi altogether. Yeah. It's amazing. And also when I watched, I saw it, I was younger came out like 10 12 years ago something like yeah. that so i was in my mid-20s early 20s and uh i was like oh shit it's me the character that clive he's like in his 40s in this future of fuck up and you're like oh shit that's us that's us yeah and it's not that far away it was very interesting my number three so the top three were kind of just like toss-ups for me of like whether they're one two or three three there's a guy named paul Verhoeven, and if you've never watched paul Verhoeven movies You need to, and you especially need to watch fucking Dead or Alive. You're coming with me. Uh, Robocop doesn't seem like a dystopian movie to you now because you're like, what? The corporations just run the world and just tell us what to do and take over the police force and uh, just have like cyborg people if they want. Amazon has a cyborg cop. Like, it wouldn't be that weird now. But then it was. And Robocop is The shit. And every time I literally have one of my friends or somebody who's like, I've never seen RoboCop. I just thought it was dumb. And then you show them RoboCop and they're like, it is not just a cool piece of sci-fi or dystopia. It is an amazing masterpiece of cinema. It is Paul Verhoeven's masterpiece. It is incredibly well executed. And another one, like De Palma said, where everything came together. Everything worked out perfectly. They had this weird idea. You know, Terminator came out. And so all the movie studios were struggling. They were trying to figure out like another robot cyborg movie and these guys came up with this idea about a robot cop and they had all these weird ideas about anti-corporation bullshit. And it just so happened that there was this master working in the Netherlands, Paul Verhoeven, doing his own thing. And nobody really realized that he was this almost like, I would say, Not quite PT level, but right there. Like, true. Like, I love Paul Verhoeven. I love his movies. And they brought him on, and they didn't realize they were getting, like, this guy who really understood art, but also action. And Peter Weller is one of two American actors who have ever been in the Royal Shakespeare Company in England. Him and Darth Vader. I mean, and it's literally, like, it's a- Hayden Christensen? (laughs) No, fucking the voice of Darth Vader. Fucking James Earl Jones. He's also from Wisconsin. He's from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. I didn't know that. Um, James Earl Jones? No, fucking uh, Peter Weller. Um, But yeah, do yourself a favor. Do yourself a fucking goddamn favor and watch Robocop.
1: Robocop is one of the best art house action films, straight up action sci-fi
0: films of all time. Oh, it's amazing satire. Oh, so much satire. So much, like, interesting comedic beats. I'll buy beats. that
1: for a dollar. Right, but the
0: comedic beats are sort of, like, nasty and sort of serrated. They, yeah. They're they there. Like, you laugh at them, but you're like, oh, fuck, that is our society. Jesus Christ. And the violence is so hyper-violent, but also interesting. Yeah. And he
1: gave birth to one of the greatest coffee cups of all time. Oh, my God. Do you remember that one time Robocop shot a guy in the dick?
0: Dude, I got to also say, like, literally, someone was like, the first time you were ever scared by a movie. And I was such a little ghoul as a child. And I, like, you know, I love. I loved horror movies, and I was like, but, dude, when Ed 209, they bring him out, you have five seconds to comply. And the guy, like, drops the gun. He's like, you have four seconds to comply. And everyone starts screaming. Oh, right, right, and he's yeah. like, oh, no, oh, no. It's like, like, just blowing this fucking guy away. It scared the shit out of me. It's literally, as a kid, I was like, i never seen violence like this. So do yourself a favor, show it to your kids. Desensitize them. But it's also dope. Also... I love RoboCop. I I truly do. It's such a, it's such a, it's It's a great fucking movie. It's a, it's a redemption fucking resurrection, weird analogy about American society of like, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. All right. So uh, what's your, uh, what's your
1: two? My number two is the remake of RoboCop. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to see if Alex would jump over, uh, (laughs) jump through the room. Just hit me. I was like, like, (sighs) this is going to be super obvious. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Gattaca. I'm so fucking
0: literally. Love Gattaca. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Love uh, Gattaca, Andrew, Gattaca. Andrew Nicole. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Gattaca. And Ethan Hawk, Jude Law, Uma Thurman, Tony
0: Shalhoub. Oh, yeah. So many. It's good so fucking, good. Uh, what's his face? The guy who's fucking. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, but the, he's hilarious. I'm having a moment. He's fucking uh, Wet Hot American Summer. I'm sorry. Ken Um, Marino's
1: first film. Yes,
0: Ken Marino. Yeah. Um, And Gore Vidal. Gore Vidal. Gore Vidal playing a really cool character in it as well. And a really poetic and beautiful movie. Very understated. Very understated. It's a beautiful,
1: poetic film. It doesn't look like they had no money to make this movie because it's so well shot. It's
0: gorgeous. Every frame is great. And something crazy about it too, it's got sort of an old world Hollywood thing where it's like, with the exception of like some language stuff, like you could show it to a kid. It has these beats. It's such a beautiful, it's also very timely as well. It's yeah. about genetic creation of children and whether or not there will be a world where you're not allowed to do things because you didn't have the right genetic mutations put on you. And but also now, like the future is sort of like the white wall tires, 1950s suits. Exactly. It's a very fascinating idea of dystopia. And uh, is that just dystopian for
1: the people who weren't genetically modified? Right. Because Jude Law is like, Do you see this metal? Right. This was third place. Mm-hmm. Jerome, whatever, was never supposed to be third best. Yeah, yeah. So he was over it all from the beginning, from the and beginning. he had the gold path. Absolutely. Um, also, the guy who plays Casey Jones in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie yeah. is Ethan Hawke's dad.
0: Yes, fucking Elias Cotius. Thank you. He's yes. a great
1: actor. Thin Red Line. And then um, Blair Underwood yeah. plays one of the doctors. Yes. And then Xander Berkeley. Xander Berkeley. Yeah. Who is a great fucking actor, but I always remember him from this yeah. and from the movie Heat because he's the guy that Al Pacino screams at. He yeah. says, you can ball my wife if you want to, <laughs> but you don't get to watch my fucking television set. And mm-hmm. then he grabs a little 13-inch TV
0: yeah. and throws it out of a car. Also, shout out to my brother, Brendan Bonner, because when we were kids, we randomly, like, my dad would take us to a movie theater in Charlotte, North Carolina called Matthew's Festival, uh, in the summers and just like he had shit to do. So he just drop us off there with like money to watch like two movies and then come pick us up at the end. And we were, we were good children. We would pay for the second movie most of the time, <laughs> but this time we, we just randomly were like, there's a sci-fi movie called Gattaca, you know, in the pa- in the newspaper, there were posters and we were like, I like Ethan Hawke. Like, let's go see it. And we literally sat and walked out and then went back in and watched it back to back. We liked it so much and nobody else was in the theater. Nobody else was in a fucking matinee theater, yeah. And we we watched Gattaca two times in a row because it was so. You want to know my secret? I saved nothing for the swim back. Yeah, fucking exactly. It's amazing. Like, yeah, it's dope. It's yeah. so dope. There's um, a VHS copy of it the top of that bookshelf. Absolutely. It's an. It's. I'm so glad you put it because. All right, uh, my number two is Battlefield Earth. Woo! Yes. Thank you, David. Scientologist David Viscavitz for life. Da, 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 da. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, you actually um, scared Brian Taps. <laughs> I'm coming in hot. I really like the movie Her. I really like Spike Jones. Oh, nice. I yeah. really like that version of dystopia that it's not so bad. It's just calm. Everyone's calm as fuck. Everything's boring as fuck. Everyone has a weird ability. No one can connect anymore because we're all so fucking bland. Everything's so sensitized and weird and... I love Joaquin Phoenix. His hair looks so velvety. It's So his hair, in that movie, he's Spike Jones. I mean, yeah. just the stuff that he does, the stuff that he, like, I love the stuff with, um, His friend, fucking, uh, who's she's a huge star, Ghostbusters. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, where she's like the video game programmer. Yeah, I forgot she was in that. And there's all these like cool video games they play in the future that are so weird. And I was like, I want to play these video games. Because it's like, there's one where you have to like pick up your kids from school. It's so crazy. And ScarJo is his robotic voice girlfriend. Fucking voice, man. If you've never seen her, do yourself a favor. Spike Jones, you were so good at turning yeah, me on. He is. He's so. A lot of Spike Jones stuff has kind of dystopian elements to it, but her is. Check it out. Do yourself a favor. It's Joaquin. It's fun. It's weird. It's sad. It's poetic. It's dudes in the future wearing grandpa pants. It's a very fascinating version of if, dystopia.
1: If he didn't get you. With Joaquin, you need to reevaluate your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, what's
0: your number one? What's my number number one? Dun, 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 dun. If you know me,
1: this is completely obvious. Was a fan of this movie. Right. Saw it like sort of all of it, but never all the way through. Mm. And then you and me and Felix and Caesar. Went and saw it at the music box at midnight, an original 35 millimeter print. Oh my god, you're stealing! And I,
0: me. huh? <laughs> no, am oh, I stealing yours? No, it's going to be perfect. Okay. It's going to team up perfectly.
1: Perfect. I have never fallen so hard yeah. in love with the film after yeah. that. Yeah. After seeing it before,
0: even. Yeah. It's Akira. Yeah, it's amazing. It's. It's fine. Oh, you didn't steal mine. All right. No. Okay. So, all right. Okay. Oh, right, right. right. Cool. Cool. No. No, right. no.
1: Akira to me is sort of like a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. I love this film. I love everything about it. I love the music. It's directed by Katsushiro Otomo. This was like my depression movie for a long time. And then I stopped being depressed. I was like, you know what? I still fucking love Akira. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I have stolen so many ideas. Not ideas. I've stolen so many images from this since seeing it. And then when you see this movie, and then you see everything that came out afterwards, yeah. you see Akira and everything, but also just the story True. is impeccable. And then I got all six volumes of the graphic novel yeah. from the Chicago Public Library. Yeah. Shout out to the library and reading mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And read them all in one day. Stayed up till six in the goddamn morning. And when I finished it, I fucking bawled my eyes out. It's great
0: it's truly it's truly epic
1: and as different as the graphic novel is from the movie they're both standalone yeah. pieces and yeah. they are
0: both and they're Kachiro Otomo both yeah, of them exactly. Right. yeah exactly
1: that's why they work that's why they're amazing Yeah, it's dystopian it's fucking scary it is body uh horror on a level that Cronenberg can't do cuz it's just
0: fully animated he tries he gets very close he's he
1: <laughs> they're like they're like neck and neck Yeah, but like that scene where fucking Tatsuo's guts fall out uh. in the middle of the street
0: like, and the violence in it, this pacing the pacing bu- in yeah, it, the exactly. way it looks, the light trails, the fucking. And. The
1: lighting in this. Yeah. The, pay attention to the lighting in this. If you've never seen this, go watch Akira. There it's, is so much light in and this. And I have to say,
0: this, it's not what you would think of anime. It's not fucking I Pokemon. Consider anime. It's, not, it's, it's like a Disney movie on fucking speed and crack exactly. and acid. It's fucking. They like,
1: invented 30 colors for this yes, film. Yes. And then also, like you said, the violence is insane, but also the violence is kind of funny because one of the greatest moments in film to me is when one of the protesters comes out of all the fog and standing right there is a riot cop. And the, the protesters like bent over with his hands on his knees, looks over him. the cop just goes <laughs> and shoots him in the chest with like a riot fucking bullet with a, a, with a, with a, a canister. Yeah. With another, another gas canister. canister, canister and just like, and he
0: just,
1: yeah. he's just out. And yeah. it's, it's tragic because that's the world we're in, but also it's hilarious because of
0: timing. Also, that fucking soundtrack rocks. Yes. I fucking- illegally downloaded
1: that. It took me so two days to get it off of Pirate it's Bay. It's on Spotify. Not the whole thing.
0: Oh, weird. Okay, yeah. interesting. Also, do yourself a favor, rent the like Blu-ray of it with the original Japanese. The, yeah. Fucking uh, do the subtitles because... The, the dub of,
1: version, there's no background noise. It's super weird. It's
0: super weird. And they literally got the guy who did the voice of Leonardo from the old Ninja Turtles cartoon to be fucking uh, Kanita. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's why are you doing this? Yeah. Uh, Tessia, why would you do? And you're like, what is happening? Yeah. And they Come just on, did, dude. Hollywood just didn't understand animation in the 80s. If they no, weren't Disney, no, no, one, no one knew what the fuck was yeah. going on. They're like, I don't know. I don't give a shit. Um, all right, so. My number one is The Mother of Them All. It will follow in with its sequel, but uh, the fucking, the dystopian movie of the dystopian movies is uh, really Scott's first masterpiece, which is fucking Blade Runner. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep was the book that Philip K. Dick wrote. It's the only movie that he actively worked on while he was alive. Harrison Ford, Rutger Hauer, Sean Young—I mean, just amazing character. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. I always forget that guy from. I always forget his name. Fucking. The guy who loses his eyes or everything no, almost. No, the guy who makes the toys. The guy from fucking Deadwood. The fucking. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they won't. Oh man, I fucking love I it. I don't like, remember his name. Blade Runner to me was one of those movies that really changed my brain. I rented it from Blockbuster. I've said this before, but I owned like all of the cuts of it. It has a weird history, but just watch final cut. Watch Final Cut. It's fucking unstoppable. It's amazing. It changed everything. It still looks better than most movies that come out now. And it came out in the early 80s. It is an un it came the out fucking leavable movie.
1: It came out in theaters in 1982, the right. same day that The Thing opened. Yeah. The Van And Lee's, both
0: bombed. Yes. Yes. Because people are idiots. Yeah. The Vangeli's soundtrack is fucking- It's so Amazing. Amazing. And then Blade Runner 2049, which we talked about in Huge our Denny Villeneuve episode, is amazing. But honestly, the original Blade Runner is my one. It's the number one. It's it's, am-
1: it deserves to be number one. I would I would, I would also, say Also, all the
0: movies we've talked about, I still would make an f- argument where I'm like, if you want to watch a dystopian movie, yeah. the dystopian movie, you watch Blade Runner before you watch anything else.
1: It's also hilarious just because you and I were at the same screening, but not together, and that's why I realized you thought I was stealing your number one.
0: Oh yeah. Because right. we were the right. same screening, right. but not we, yeah. we didn't know we were both there. We also went to see a thirty five millimeter print of the final, yeah. which was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we forgot some. I'm sure there's some that we didn't talk about. And obviously there's ones we'll get into. Obviously, real
1: real quick follow up yeah. though for you. Yeah. You said really scott's First masterpiece, or you're not considering oh, Alien a masterpiece? No, that's not
0: true. All right, fucking Alien's fucking unstoppable. sorry. No, sorry. no, you know, but I, no, Alien is fucking unbelievable. It really is. But, but also,
1: if you like Blade Runner better than Alien, that's respectable. Yeah,
0: I would make an argument, at least for myself, that it probably I put it like a couple of shades just the, above. Like, I yeah. love them both. Like, there's something about it that I just personally related there's, to. It's an AWAR. But a noir that's so different and strange, and it involves all this spooky sci-fi that's not like your regular sci-fi. It's very poetic. There's a really,
1: like you said, poetic. There's a really quiet moment Mm -hmm. in the final cut where they're going to see the guy who made the eyes, and they go into his house. But then the camera just sort of lingers outside, and you just see the world going on for like four or five seconds longer than you need to. So and it's
0: just so beautiful. So much of the world, so much of the world is happening. Yeah. And it's just there, you know, the, you find Harrison Ford and he's at this weird food stand and everyone speaks in this weird pigeon language of the future. And he's like noodles, noodles fucking. And they're like, you know, speaking in this like half English or like part English, part Japanese, part Spanish, like weird street language. And he's like, no, no, no. It's like every little piece is elite and on purpose. It, and
1: it's in, intricate
0: beautiful film Yeah, deliberate yeah it's a very good word and it's the nature of human and apparently Rutger Hauer came up with that fucking speech at the end the fucking Fucking tears in the rain fucking which if you've never seen is you know like use it as a fucking weird monologue to fucking audition for things because it's great and if you don't know what I'm talking about I'm not gonna spoil anything but the tears in the rain fucking speech is it's a classic piece of cinema It, it is but yeah, so I mean, I'm sure we forgot some. There's so many. And I'm sure we'll get into it. Also, as we said, we'll do an apocalyptic episode. That's going to yeah. be fucking dope. We'll do a alternate dimension episode. That'll be dope. We did some time travel stuff.
1: We're going to do your favorite producer was on cocaine when he came up with that idea yes, episode. Yes. But
0: the time, I mean, we just realized that time travel is big. You know, it's very, we probably should have, like, even cut it down even more, like, even into. Time travel involving modern time, time travel involving, you know, it's like things like that time. Time
1: travel involving going 69 seconds into the future, sir. (laughs) Southside Tales forever.
0: Oh, Southside Tales would be dystopian though. I would say Southside Tales. Southside
1: Tales is dystopian because the time travel element is just sort of whatever.
0: It's fucking dope as shit. It's dope as shit. Well, all right. So that, I think we did a pretty good roundup. Yeah. Uh, I hope you fucking had a good time. Nick, did you have a good time? I had a better time than I thought I would. Yeah, that's fair. uh, Taps, you have a good time? Alex, did you have a good time? Tepp's pulled his pants down. I don't know what that means, but it's different. All right, so like I said, Nicholas Souter, super producer Brian Tepp's. I'm Alex Bonner. I'm glad you came, and hopefully you learned some dumbass shit. I'll tell you this right now. You drive your car as fast as you want. You do as many drugs as you want, and you have a good fucking time because we already enter in a dystopia, and you live your life however the fuck you want. I love you, and we'll be back next week.